chapter five part two of the life of washington volume four by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five part two answer of both houses of congress to the speech in their answer to this speech the senate say the unanimous suffrage of the elective body in your favor is peculiarly expressive of the gratitude confidence and affection of the citizens of america and is the highest testimonial at once of your merit and their esteem we are sensible sir that nothing but the voice of your fellow-citizens could have called you from a retreat chosen with the fondest predilection endeared by habit and consecrated to the repose of declining years we rejoice and with us all america that in obedience to the call of our common country you have returned once more to public life in you all parties confide in you all interests unite and we have no doubt that your past services great as they have been will be equaled by your future exertions and that your prudence and sagacity as a statesman will tend to avert the dangers to which we were exposed to give stability to the present government and dignity and splendor to that country which your skill and valor as a soldier so eminently contributed to raise to independence and to empire the affection for the person and character of the president with which the answer of the house of representatives glowed promised that between this branch of the legislature also and the executive the most harmonious cooperation in the public service might be expected the representatives of the people of the united states says this address present their congratulations on the event by which your fellow-citizens have attested the pre-eminence of your merit you have long held the first place in their esteem you have often received tokens of their affection you now possess the only proof that remained of their gratitude for your services of their reverence for your wisdom and of their confidence in your virtues you enjoy the highest because the truest honor of being the first magistrate by the unanimous choice of the freest people on the face of the earth after noticing the several communications made in the speech intense of deep felt respect and affection the answer concludes thus such are the sentiments with which we have thought fit to address you they flow from our own hearts and we verily believe that among the millions we represent there is not a virtuous citizen whose heart will disown them all that remains is that we join in your fervent supplications for the blessing of heaven on our country and that we add our own for the choicest of these blessings on the most beloved of her citizens situation of the united states at this period in their domestic and foreign relations a perfect knowledge of the antecedent state of things being essential to a due administration of the executive department its attainment engaged the immediate attention of the president and he required the temporary heads of departments to prepare and lay before him such statements and documents as would give this information but in the full view which it was useful to take of the interior many objects were to be contemplated the documents respecting which were not to be found in official records the progress which had been made in assuaging the bitter animosities engendered in the sharp contest respecting the adoption of the constitution and the means which might be used for conciliating the affections of all good men to the new government without enfeebling its essential principles were subjects of the most interesting inquiry the agitation had been too great to be suddenly calmed and for the active opponents of the system to become suddenly its friends or even indifferent to its fate would have been a victory of reason over passion or a surrender of individual judgment to the decision of a majority examples of which are rarely given in the progress of human affairs 
in some of the states a disposition to acquiesce in the decision which had been made and to await the issue of a fair experiment of the constitution was avowed by the minority in others the chagrin of defeat seemed to increase the original hostility to the instrument and serious fears were entertained by its friends that a second general convention might pluck from it the most essential of its powers before their value and the safety with which they might be confided where they were placed could be ascertained by experience from the same cause exerting itself in a different direction the friends of the new system had been still more alarmed in all those states where the opposition was sufficiently formidable to inspire a hope of success the effort was made to fill the legislature with the declared enemies of the government and thus to commit it in its infancy to the custody of its foes their fears were quieted for the present in both branches of the legislature the federalists an appellation at that time distinguishing those who had supported the constitution formed the majority and it soon appeared that a new convention was too bold an experiment to be applied for by the requisite number of states the condition of individuals too was visibly becoming more generally eligible industry notwithstanding the causes which had diminished its profits was gradually improving their affairs and the new course of thinking inspired by the adoption of a constitution prohibiting all laws impairing the obligation of contracts had in a great measure restored that confidence which is essential to the internal prosperity of nations from these or from other causes the crisis of the pressure on individuals seemed to be passing away and brighter prospects to be opening on them but two states still remained out of the pale of the union and a mass of ill-humour existed among those who were included within it which increased the necessity of circumspection in those who administered the government to the western parts of the continent the attention of the executive was attracted by discontents which were displayed with some violence and which originated in circumstances in an interest peculiar to that country spain in possession of the mouth of the mississippi had refused to permit the citizens of the united states to follow its waters into the ocean and had occasionally tolerated or interdicted their commerce to new orleans as had been suggested by the supposed interest or caprice of the spanish government or of its representatives in america the eyes of the inhabitants adjacent to the waters which emptied into that river were turned down it as the only channel through which the surplus produce of their luxuriant soil could be conveyed to the markets of the world believing that the future wealth and prosperity of their country depended on the use of that river they gave some evidence of a disposition to drop from the confederacy if this valuable acquisition could not otherwise be made this temper could not fail to be viewed with interest by the neighbouring powers who had been encouraged by it and by the imbecility of the government to enter into intrigues of an alarming nature previous to his departure from mount vernon the president had received intelligence too authentic to be disregarded of private machinations by real or pretended agents both of spain and great britain which were extremely hostile to the peace and to the integrity of the union spain had intimated that the navigation of the mississippi could never be conceded while the inhabitants of the western country remained connected with the atlantic states but might be freely granted to them if they should form an independent empire on the other hand a gentleman from canada whose ostensible business was to repossess himself of some lands on the ohio which had been formally granted to him frequently discussed the vital importance 
of the navigation of the mississippi and privately assured several individuals of great influence that if they were disposed to assert their rights he was authorized by lord dorchester the governor of canada to say that they might rely confidently on his assistance with the aid it was in his power to give they might seize new orleans fortify the belize at the mouth of the mississippi and maintain themselves in that place against the utmost efforts of spain the probability of failing in any attempt to hold the mouth of the mississippi by force and the resentments against great britain which prevailed generally throughout the western country diminished the danger to be apprehended from any machinations of that power but against those of spain the same security did not exist in contemplating the situation of the united states and their relations not purely domestic the object demanding most immediate consideration was the hostility of several tribes of indians the military strength of the nations who inhabited the country between the lakes the mississippi and the ohio was computed at five thousand men of whom about fifteen hundred were at open war with the united states treaties had been concluded with the residue but the attachment of young savages to war and the provocation given by the undistinguishing vengeance which had been taken by the whites in their expeditions into the indian country furnished reasons for apprehending that these treaties would soon be broken in the south the creeks who could bring into the field six thousand fighting men were at war with georgia in the mind of their leader the son of a white man some irritation had been produced by the confiscation of the lands of his father who had presided in that state and several other refugees whose property had also been confiscated contributed still further to exasperate the nation but the immediate point in contest between them was a tract of land on the oconee which the state of georgia claimed under a purchase the validity of which was denied by the indians the regular force of the united states was less than six hundred men not only the policy of accommodating differences by negotiation which the government was in no condition to terminate by the sword but a real respect for the rights of the natives and a regard for the claims of justice and humanity disposed the president to endeavor in the first instance to remove every cause of quarrel by a treaty and his message to congress on this subject evidenced his preference of pacific measures possessing many valuable articles of commerce for which the best market was often found on the coast of the mediterranean struggling to export them in their own bottoms and unable to afford a single gun for their protection the americans could not view with unconcern the dispositions which were manifested towards them by the barbary powers a treaty had been formed with the emperor of morocco but from algiers tunis and tripoli peace had not been purchased and those regencies consider all as enemies to whom they have not sold their friendship the unprotected vessels of america presented a tempting object to their rapacity and their hostility was the more terrible because by their public law prisoners became slaves the united states were at peace with all the powers of europe but controversies of a delicate nature existed with some of them the adjustment of which required a degree of moderation and firmness which there was reason to fear might not in every instance be exhibited the early apprehensions with which spain had contemplated the future strength of the united states and the consequent disposition of the house of bourbon to restrict them to narrow limits have been already noticed after the conclusion of the war the attempt to form a treaty with that power had been repeated but no advance towards an agreement on the points of difference between the two governments had been made a long and intricate negotiation between the secretary of foreign affairs and don guardoqui the minister of his catholic majesty had terminated with the old government and the result was an inflexible adherence on the part of mr 
garadoki to the exclusion of the citizens of the united states from navigating the mississippi below their southern boundary on this point there was much reason to fear that the cabinet of madrid would remain immovable the violence with which the discontents of the western people were expressed furnished spain with additional motives for perpetuating the evil of which they complained aware of the embarrassments which this display of restlessness must occasion and sensible of the increased difficulty and delay with which a removal of its primary cause must be attended the executive perceived in this critical state of things abundant cause for the exercise of its watchfulness and of its prudence with spain there was also a contest respecting boundaries the treaty of peace had extended the limits of the united states to the thirty-first degree of north latitude but the pretensions of the catholic king were carried north of that line to an undefined extent he claimed as far as he had conquered from britain but the precise limits of his conquest were not ascertained the circumstances attending the points of difference with great britain were still more serious because in their progress a temper unfavourable to accommodation had been uniformly displayed the resentments produced by the various calamities war had occasioned were not terminated with their cause the idea that great britain was the natural enemy of america had become habitual believing it impossible for that nation to have relinquished its view of conquest many found it difficult to bury their animosities and to act upon the sentiment contained in the declaration of independence to hold them as the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace friends in addition to the complaints respecting the violation of the treaty of peace events were continually supplying this temper with fresh element the disinclination which the cabinet of london had discovered to a commercial treaty with the united states was not attributed exclusively to the cause which had been assigned for it it was in part ascribed to that jealousy with which britain was supposed to view the growing trade of america the general restrictions on commerce by which every maritime power sought to promote its own navigation and that part of the european system in particular by which each aimed at a monopoly of the trade of its colonies were felt with peculiar keenness when enforced by england the people of america were perhaps the more sensible to the british resolutions on this subject because having composed a part of that empire they had grown up in the habit of a free intercourse with all its ports and without accurately appreciating the cause to which a change of this usage was to be ascribed they attributed it to a jealousy of their prosperity and to an inclination to diminish the value of their independence in this suspicious temper almost every unfavourable event which occurred was traced up to british hostility that an attempt to form a commercial treaty with portugal had failed was attributed to the influence of the cabinet of london and to the machinations of the same power were also ascribed the danger from the corsairs of barbary and the bloody incursions of the indians the resentment excited by these causes was felt by a large proportion of the american people and the expression of it was common and public that correspondent dispositions existed in england is by no means improbable and the necessary effect of this temper was to increase the difficulty of adjusting the differences between the two nations with france the most perfect harmony subsisted those attachments which originated in the signal services received from his most christian majesty during the war of the revolution had sustained no diminution yet from causes which it was found difficult to counteract the commercial intercourse between the two nations was not so extensive as had been expected it was the interest and of consequence the policy of france to avail herself of the misunderstandings between the united states and great britain in order to obtain such regulations as might gradually divert the increasing trade of the american continent 
from those channels in which it had been accustomed to flow and a disposition was felt throughout the united states to cooperate with her in enabling her merchants by legislative encouragements to rival those of britain in the american market a great revolution had commenced in that country the first stage of which was completed by limiting the powers of the monarch and by the establishment of a popular assembly in no part of the globe was this revolution hailed with more joy than in america the influence it would have on the affairs of the world was not then dis distinctly foreseen and the philanthropist without becoming a political partisan rejoiced in the event on this subject therefore but one sentiment existed the relations of the united states with the other powers of europe did not require particular attention their dispositions were rather friendly than otherwise and an inclination was generally manifested to participate in the advantages which the erection of an independent empire on the western shores of the atlantic held forth to the commercial world by the ministers of foreign powers in america it would readily be supposed that the first steps taken by the new government would not only be indicative of its present system but would probably affect its foreign relations permanently and that the influence of the president would be felt in the legislature scarcely was the exercise of his executive functions commenced when the president received an application from the count de moustier the minister of france requesting a private conference on being told that the department of foreign affairs was the channel through which all official business should pass the count replied that the interview he requested was not for the purpose of actual business but rather as preparatory to its future transaction the next day at one in the afternoon was named for the interview the count commenced the conversation with declarations of his personal regard for america the manifestations of which he said had been early and uniform his nation too was well disposed to be upon terms of amity with the united states but at his public reception there were occurrences which he thought indicative of coolness in the secretary of foreign affairs who had he feared while in europe imbibed prejudices not only against spain but against france also if this conjecture should be right the present head of that department could not be an agreeable organ of intercourse with the president he then took a view of the modern usages of european courts which he said favoured the practice he recommended of permitting foreign ministers to make their communications directly to the chief of the executive he then presented a letter says the president in his private journal which he termed confidential and to be considered as addressed to me in my private character which was too strongly marked with an intention as well as a wish to have no person between the minister and president in the transaction of business between the two nations in reply to these observations the president gave the most explicit assurances that judging from his own feelings and from the public sentiment there existed in america a reciprocal disposition to be on the best terms with france that whatever former difficulties might have occurred he was persuaded the secretary of foreign affairs had offered no intentional disrespect either to the minister or to his nation without undertaking to know the private opinions of mr jay he would declare that he had never heard that officer express directly or indirectly any sentiment unfavourable to either reason and usage he added must direct the mode of treating national and official business if rules had been established they must be conformed to if they were yet to be framed it was hoped that they would be convenient and proper so far as ease could be made to comport with regularity and with necessary forms it ought to be consulted but custom and the dignity of office were not to be disregarded the conversation continued upwards of an hour but no change was made in the resolution of the president 
the subjects which pressed for immediate attention on the first legislature assembled under the new government were numerous and important much was to be created and much to be reformed the subject of revenue as constituting the vital spring without which the action of government could not long be continued was taken up in the house of representatives as soon as it could be introduced the qualification of the members was succeeded by a motion for the house to resolve itself into a committee of the whole on the state of the union and in that committee a resolution was moved by mr madison declaring the opinion that certain duties ought to be levied on goods wares and merchandise imported into the united states and on the tonnage of vessels as it was deemed important to complete a temporary system in time to embrace the spring importations mr madison presented the scheme of impost which had been recommended by the former congress and had already received the approbation of a majority of the states to which he added a general proposition for a duty on tonnage by this scheme specific duties were imposed on certain enumerated articles and an ad valorem duty on those not enumerated mr fitzsimmons of pennsylvania moved an amendment enlarging the catalogue of enumerated articles debates on the impost and tonnage bills mr madison having consented to subjoin the amendment proposed by mr fitzsimmons to the original resolution it was received by the committee but in proceeding to fill up the blanks with the sum taxable on each article it was soon perceived that gentlemen had viewed the subject in very different lights the tax on many articles was believed to press more heavily on some states than on others and apprehensions were expressed that in the form of protecting duties the industry of one part of the union would be encouraged by premiums charged on the labor of another part on the discrimination between the duty on the tonnage of foreign and american bottoms a great degree of sensibility was discovered the citizens of the united states not owning a sufficient number of vessels to export all the produce of the country it was said that the increased tonnage on foreign bottoms operated as a tax on agriculture and a premium to navigation this discrimination it was therefore contended ought to be very small in answer to these arguments mr madison said if it is expedient for america to have vessels employed in commerce at all it will be proper that she have enough to answer all the purposes intended to form a school for seamen to lay the foundation of a navy and to be able to support itself against the interference of foreigners i do not think there is much weight in the observations that the duty we are about to lay in favor of american vessels is a burden on the community and particularly oppressive to some parts but if there were it may be a burden of that kind which will ultimately save us from one that is greater i consider an acquisition of maritime strength essential to this country should we ever be so unfortunate as to be engaged in war what but this can defend our towns and cities upon the sea coast or what but this can enable us to repel an invading enemy those parts which are said to bear an undue proportion of the burden of the additional duty on foreign shipping are those which will be most exposed to the operations of a predatory war and will require the greatest exertions of the union in their defence if therefore some little sacrifice be made by them to obtain this important object they will be peculiarly rewarded for it in the hour of danger granting a preference to our own navigation will insensibly forward to that perfection so essential to american safety and though it may produce some little inequality at first it will soon ascertain its level and become uniform throughout the union 
but no part of the system was discussed with more animation than that which proposed to make discriminations in favor of those nations with whom the united states had formed commercial treaties in the debate on this subject opinions and feelings with respect to foreign powers were disclosed which strengthening with circumstances afterwards agitated the whole american continent while the resolutions on which the bills were to be framed were under debate mr benson rose to inquire on what principle the proposed discriminations between foreign nations was founded it was certainly proper he said to comply with existing treaties but those treaties stipulated no such preference congress then was at liberty to consult the interests of the united states if those interests would be promoted by the measure he should be willing to adopt it but he wished its policy to be shown the resolutions as reported were supported by mr madison mr baldwin mr fitzsimmons mr clymer mr page and mr jackson they relied much upon the public sentiment which had they said been unequivocally expressed through the several state legislatures and otherwise against placing foreign nations generally on a footing with the allies of the united states so strong was this sentiment that to its operation the existing constitution was principally to be ascribed they thought it important to prove to those nations who had declined forming commercial treaties with them that the united states possessed and would exercise the power of retaliating any regulations unfavorable to their trade and they insisted strongly on the advantages of america in a war of commercial regulation should this measure produce one the disposition france had lately shown to relax with regard to the united states the rigid policy by which her counsels had generally been guided ought to be cultivated the evidence of this disposition was an edict by which american-built ships purchased by french subjects became naturalized there was reason to believe that the person charged with the affairs of the united states at that court had made some favorable impressions which the conduct of the american government ought not to efface with great earnestness it was urged that from artificial or adventitious causes the commerce between the united states and great britain had exceeded its natural boundary it was wise to give such political advantages to other nations as would enable them to acquire their due share of the direct trade it was also wise to impart some benefits to nations that had formed commercial treaties with the united states and thereby to impress on those powers which had hitherto neglected to form such treaties the idea that some advantages were to be gained by reciprocity of friendship that france had claims on the gratitude of the american people which ought not to be overlooked was an additional argument in favor of the principle for which they contended the discrimination was opposed by mr benson mr lawrence mr wadsworth and mr sherman they did not admit that the public sentiment had been unequivocally expressed nor did they admit that such benefits had flowed from commercial treaties as to justify a sacrifice of interest to obtain them there was a commercial treaty with france but neither that treaty nor the favors shown to that nation had produced any correspondent advantages the license to sell ships could not be of this description since it was well known that the merchants of the united states did not own vessels enough for the transportation of the produce of the country and only two as was believed had been sold since the license had been granted the trade with great britain viewed in all its parts was upon a footing as beneficial to the united states as that with france that the latter power had claims upon the gratitude of america was admitted but that these claims would justify premiums for the encouragement of french commerce and navigation to be drawn from the pockets of the american people was not conceded 
the state of the revenue it was said would not admit of these experiments the observation founded on the extensiveness of the trade between the united states and great britain was answered by saying that this was not a subject proper for a legislative interposition it was one of which the merchants were the best judges they would consult their interests as individuals and this was a case in which the interest of the nation and of individuals was the same at length the bills passed the house of representatives and were carried to the senate where they were amended by expunging the discrimination made in favor of the tonnage and distilled spirits of those nations which had formed commercial treaties with the united states these amendments were disagreed to and each house insisting on its opinion a conference took place after which the point was reluctantly yielded by the house of representatives the proceedings of the senate being at that time conducted with closed doors the course of reasoning on which this important principle was rejected cannot be stated this debate on the impost and tonnage bills was succeeded by one on a subject which was believed to involve principles of still greater interest End of chapter five part two